Welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm Tony Guerra, pharmacist, publisher, and professional editor, bringing you interviews and advice on succeeding in your residency journey. You can sign up for the email list at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com to get your free LOI template or get editing help working one-on-one with me at residency.teachable.com. Let's get started with the show. All right. Well, one of the most difficult things to figure out is what should you do uh, because you get no information from the actual uh, sites. And a poll was put out, um, which had about 265 uh, respondents. And what I wanted to do was make that poll a little bit better with some uh, graphs that I put into uh, Excel because the graphs are, the pie charts are pretty bad. Uh, So let's look at this so it's uh, the application stats survey and here are the results but um, I wanted to to get past these pie charts which are a little bit uh, terrible uh, in terms of getting the data that we want so first uh, most of the applicants were traditional that is they were graduating this spring so 94% or 94.4 but 6% were non-traditional that is they graduated before they're coming back to uh, apply for residency. Uh, 83% were applying to a PGY-1, only 17% were applying to a PGY-2. Uh, so just know that PGY-2 applications are probably going to be a little bit smaller, so the fact that they're in here uh, skews the data a little bit to the left. Uh, so we should expect just a fewer, a uh, little bit fewer applications uh, if you're applying to PGY-2, just because there are fewer PGY-2s to apply to. Uh, You can also see the most popular PGY-2. Now, there were 50 responses. So the the most popular of them, and I'm not sure why it did it alphabetically instead of uh, by uh, number, but uh, the most popular PGY-2 is actually oncology. But remember, there's only nine answers. So there's just not a ton of data, okay? Uh, The next one was ambulatory care, okay? Uh, Next largest one looks to be infectious disease, okay? The next one, critical care and emergency medicine. So I would say the top five are oncology, ambulatory care, critical care, emergency medicine, and infectious disease. Now this is where it got a little bit tough is that, you know, how many programs did you apply to? And this pie chart makes it really hard to, to kind of understand uh, well, what, how many did you apply to? Uh, so I put this on a, an Excel sheet uh, and took this data, and I removed one. Um, there was somebody that applied to 30, uh, and uh, so I I changed that and just cut that out because it made the the data really hard to see. So I just put one through 22, and you can see that very few people applied to just one or two or three. Um, but this is where the four is is the number that you get. So if we look at the you know, percentage that that did this, you're like, oh, well, you know, a few did actually only take, you know, one, two, three, or four. Um, A lot of times the one, two, and the three are generally PGY2 applicants. This isn't really a PGY1 thing to do. But if there's only one, you know, place that you really want to go and, you know, you're kind of putting in a PGY2 application at the same time you're putting in job applications. Like, all right, well, you know, I'll either get a job or if I do get this PGY2, I I would take that. Um, This is more like the PGY1s where we expect that it's going to be between 10 and 11. 
But we can see that significant numbers put it in 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 applications, all the way up to 22. Uh, but again, you know, the, the 1 to 4 is unusual, so is the 19 through 22. But again, you know, this, this goes with historical data that we expect that uh, most people are going to be applying somewhere between 9 and 13 uh, you know, applications sent out. So you've now how many interviews did people receive? So you kind of look at your interviews and some of you only got one or two. And, um, you know, obviously that's, that's a little bit disappointing. Uh, but it's not that unusual to, to be down here where you only got between one and four uh, interviews. But again, with so many PGY2s in here, uh, or 20% of the data, uh, this is really PGY2 land uh, to get that few uh, interviews. But you can see people have gotten all the way up to 22 interviews. And you're like, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Well, I don't know that you would accept 22 interviews. That's a lot. Uh, unless you don't have an appy that block that block or the block after it you know uh, but here we go and we see that you know most of the time people are going to get you know five six seven eight nine ten interviews that's really uh, around the norm um, for as you know for the way that the data is showing that you know, fewer people are applying to residency more people are going to take the job uh, people know that their student loans are going to come due in July well they come due in November, December, but I'm just saying that Biden's probably going to lose and uh, most are going to have to start paying their student loans uh, when the time comes. So it makes sense that you'd want to just get a job and then if you can get a hospital job without a residency, you know, that just feels like the right thing to do for them right now. Um, but you can see that there are a lot of interviews and so you can expect that match rates will go up uh, even higher, and I'm predicting a bit over 80% uh, for a match rate. Uh, here's the, the most kind of uh, interesting one, which is what percentage did you get? So very few only got 0%. So what it works out to be is this is 0 to 10, 11 to 20, 21 to 30, 31 to 40, and so forth. So if I sent you know 10 out and I only got two back, that would go between 11 and 20. So what we're seeing is that if I sent 10 out, the most likely situation is that I got seven back. And then the next most likely is I got nine back. Uh, and then the next most likely is I got eight back. So it's really very, very high. Uh, when it looks when when you talk about the people that have been doing this and how many they got now again the data is skewed because of those PGY twos so we expect that if you can get PGY two you're gonna be way up here um, and most PGY twos do get the interviews uh, but uh, that's kind of telling so let me explain it again um, if you sent out ten interviews or let's just say ten to make the math easy you know what percent uh, would, would would you have gotten you know the the uh, interview invites and you know ninety one percent so the works out that between sixteen and eighteen percent so around seventeen percent of candidates got ninety percent of their interviews fourteen percent got eighty one or higher between eighty one and ninety okay eighteen percent again about a sixth. Uh, got 71 to 80% of their interviews 
became invite or applications became invitations. Okay, and then as we go down, you can see. So it should be that you got for every 10 you sent out, you should get seven. For every five you sent out, you should get three and a half. That's about the, what the numbers show. Okay. All right, well, let's look at some other kind of questions that, that uh, students had. You can look at this, but I think that uh, hopefully that tells you a little bit more that um, you should really expect uh, that uh, we're going to have somewhere between 80 and 85%, I think, is going to be a, a reasonable match rate for this year uh, if you got an interview. Um, how is everyone affording to live during residency? So there's a little bit of good advice here, but uh, with the number that you can apply to and the percentage that you're going to get, uh, you're less likely to have to live in an area that's going to be much more expensive. Uh, just the macroeconomic data is showing that rents are going down, but rents go down pretty slowly because people are locked in for a year and then they, you know, then they make their change and then it goes down. And, and so you know, as you get to residency, you should be expecting that rent prices, uh, as they are now, should be going down a little bit. And there are some areas that are going to go down more than others. Uh, rejecting a waitlist. Why would someone reject to be waitlisted if you already paid the money to apply? Um, yeah, I, I mean, waitlist, it's, it's actually a pretty decent chance this year uh, that if you're going to be on a waitlist uh, that... Um, it could happen. And the reason that you do take a wait list is that you wouldn't want to have to deal with, uh, you know, phase two. But I, I think that it's reasonable that many, many, many uh, residencies are going to get rejected this year. And I think that phase two will be quite large. I'm predicting 600 spaces in phase two, uh, where we had 200 two years ago, 400 last year. I'm predicting 600 spaces this year. Um, I think that residencies don't realize that they're all accepting the same people. Or maybe they do, and they just can't do anything about it. But it's likely that uh, many uh, residencies will be available in phase two, uh, and I think it'll be reasonable to apply then. Uh, calculations as part of the interview. Yeah, what they're just doing is they're just trying to kind of uh, do a little bit of uh, NABplex uh, mitigation, which is NABplex scores should go down. Uh, because the again the the acceptance rates in pharmacy schools have gone up above that eighty percent, and now they're kind of at that critical tipping point, where you can expect that they're going to go even lower, because the acceptance rates have really there's a tipping point where you're really accepting some really not so great candidates, and those people are going to graduate, and the residencies are like we don't want it to be our problem. So they're just doing a calculations quiz to make sure you can, you know, you might be a nice person, you might answer some things right, but uh, the calculations quiz is just a little weed out to make sure that uh, they don't get anybody that's really likely to fail the NAPLEX. Uh, reaching out to the RPD. Um, so, you know, ghosting is a thing where they don't write back to you, but I've heard that it's much less of a thing this year because they're getting many fewer applications. So RPDs are being a little nicer. They have a little bit more time. Uh, so do the people, sort of the residents, because there's just fewer applications. Uh, tips for a current P3. Um, 
you know, it really does come down to getting the right rotations before the interview. So the more clinical rotations you have before the interview, the more chance you'll be able to answer their clinical questions and the better candidate you'll sound like. So it may seem like that's out of your control, but uh, if you, you know, kind of work with the experiential office, you may be able to get one or two more clinical ones where you have electives. Where you're really in trouble is if you're, you know, you're applying to PEDS, but you don't get your PEDS rotation until April. You know, those types of things. And, and usually they're willing to work with you. But as the number of students go down in pharmacy school, uh, it should be less and less of a problem because there's less competition for those uh, sites. So, um, but again, you know, what's the kind of take home here? Uh, I think it's reasonable that if you're applying to residency this year that, you know, chances are greater than four out of five. If you've got an interview, you're going to get it. Uh, chances are 90% that you're going to get uh, your first, second, or third choice. So while the desire to get a residency has gone down quite a bit, uh, the chances of getting someplace you want have gone up quite a bit. So I want to be very encouraging that you know, if this is a path that you want to take, uh, it's going to not only be, you know, the, you're going to be able to pick places that, that you want to go. Uh, and if you're in kind of the position like, well, the only place that I got was someplace I don't want to go. Well, you know, phase two is going to be significant, I think, this year because, uh, again, just fewer candidates, fewer people applying, more people getting interviews, uh, more sites are going to be taking the same people and finding themselves without a, without a, a few residents and those extra spots are going to be there. Uh, it's still not easy in phase two. You know, you're, you're applying with about the same number of people for 600 spots or half that. So percentages are going to be down, but they're going to be historically relatively high. So uh, if you still need help with the interview process, you're welcome to go to residency.teachable.com. But I'm going to guess that most people have already gotten through the process. Uh, if you want to do it now and, and you know you just need extended time, I'm happy to just say, okay, well, here's another six months or whatever you need. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, that the next step here is going to be match day. But do take care of yourself. Do make sure to apply for a couple of jobs just in case residency doesn't work out. It's a fickle creature. It's the the fairness is not really there a lot of times, and and it's reasonable to say that sometimes you just pick sites where you know they've already kind of got somebody that they want. It's not you. It's just that you know bad luck, uh, and uh, the other way around goes too. Sometimes you just uh, really click and and you apply to the right places and uh, you get a little bit lucky, uh, and you you do end up. But it's so skewed toward the candidate that if you do get a residency, it's probably the place that you're gonna want. The Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You might also like to check out our available residency audiobooks at pharmacyresidencypodcast.com forward slash books, where you can get your first book free if you've never been on Audible before, or work one-on-one with me as a professional editor at residency.teachable.com. Feel free to send an invite to connect with me, Tony D, on LinkedIn, or email me at tonythepharmacist at gmail.com with questions. Music was by Policy.